What's up, fellow Zeros? Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that says the enemy of our enemy is our enemy. It's a good one. I thought so, too. I'm Joe, and joining me to talk to you this week about Dick Tracy, we have two other... Do I go with gangsters or detectives? Gangsters. <laughs> and their names are sequel. The podcast that makes it look like an accident. And Corey. The podcast that wonders what a girl has to do to get arrested. We have an action-packed show here for you, because before we even get to tell you what we've been watching, we have two emails and an iTunes review. Woo! Whoa. I know. Thanks, guys. I really should have had the emails pulled up already. That's on me. That's okay. They're both from Bennett, and they're both basically in response to us doing barbed wire. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Is it one from <laughs> No, no. They're both from Bennett this time. So the first one, Bennett writes, Joe and the gang, before you guys record next and made any undeserved fuss about me knowing Pam Anderson, I wanted to be sure you knew I created that prior email as a gag, so don't worry, she's not listening, and you can go to town on how bad the movie is, but I'd like to think if Pamela did send the email, it would say roughly the same. Fair enough. Bennett, I think we had an idea it was you. (laughs) FYI, Corey, you were finally my new favorite. I just got over you not raving about how good Civil War was. Oh, thanks. It only took like three years. <laughs> but how did I become... I, what, did I say something in particular that made it my favorite? What was the old favorite? I think it was just... Yeah. Uh, it was me for a while. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> never gonna I forget who it was list. before me. If it was either Matt or Frank, because it was never sequel. Frank's <laughs> everyone's favorite. Let's be honest. It's true. Frank is great. Well, thank you, Ben, and I appreciate that. And I'll thanks. get there one day. <laughs> Just keep chasing that dragon. And the other email, which Bennett, by the way, sent to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! Bennett writes again, laughing face emoji, guys, I am so sorry about that movie. I had never seen it till Sunday night before the podcast aired. Wow. Thoughts on the movie. It's surprising how much that Cleavage and Django Fett slash Boba Fett himself don't make a better movie. I didn't realize that that guy was Django Fett. Was Which it him? guy? The, I'm guessing the main... The love interest. The love interest, yeah. yeah. He the is. Rick Rambis. Yep. Not Rick Rambis. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, it is Rick Rambis. That's the name, right? It, I can picture it now, yes. I, I'm looking at his face because... Oh, shit! Yeah. The guy who plays Axel. That is, in fact, Django Fett. Too distracted by the cleavage, didn't notice it. <laughs> Correct. Pluses. A heroine that can take care of herself. Clint Howard cameo. Barb's many costume changes. It's like a Fast and Furious movie, and every car is full of gas, and every wreck is an explosion. Minuses. A, I broke a nail joke, clearly a stuntman, in a Pam Anderson wig going down the zip line out of the window after rescuing the girl in the beginning of the movie. Awful music by Tommy Lee, the dystopian future of 2017, a fist bump in the end between the two male heroes. The bad movie's poor reception actually killed the real comic book series it was based on. Sorry, Dark Horse. Bennett. P.S. Joe, don't watch Samurai Cop 2. It's not the dumb fun of the first, it's just awful. But Tommy Wiseau and Samurai Cop sword fight at the end. Spoilers, come on, man. Not cool. But it was cool that you sent us two emails. Thanks. Thanks, Bennett. Thanks, buddy. And now, the iTunes review, which I also need to pull up. So this might be my favorite iTunes review so far. 
So the bar has been set, everyone. It says Joe with a bunch of emoji faces. <laughs> That's it. Five stars <laughs> by Jeffy Wild. He writes, this is a sincerely great podcast. I feel like I know these guys already. I just love Joe's voice. It's so sexy. I hope I get to meet him so I may seduce him. I don't see how you could possibly believe that that isn't true. Agree. This isn't legit. I mean, it's legit, but it also may have been written by one of my roommates. <laughs> With completely unprompted by me, which is the best part. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He was like, hey, did you check your iTunes lately? <laughs> That's cool. If you want to live as a totally legit review, go on iTunes, and I'll read yours just like this on an upcoming episode of Zero's Talking Heroes. I feel like we've... Five stars only. That's it for emails and reviews, so now we finally get to get into someone's favorite part out there, what we've been watching this week. Corey, did you think of one? Yeah, I've got actually a couple. All right, good. You're up. Sweet. Sorry, I actually have to pull my phone out because I have a little list started in my Messenger app. So, hold on. Sorry, guys. I watched The Hangover. Love it. Great it movie. It's a great movie. Uh, it's still super funny. There were... I, I don't know how long it's been since I watched it, but it's been a while. And when I was re-watching it, I forgot that certain parts happened. And I was like, holy shit, I forgot all about this part. Mike Tyson's in this? No, that part you obviously remember. Yeah. But some of the jokes that the guy at the hospital drop, like the yes. doctor drops, is fucking great. On the corner of a uh, get a map and go fuck yourself with doctor, not a tour guide. Like it was, it's just fun. It's a good movie. I feel and correct me if you can think of a later one. That's the last pre-PC era great comedy. Like it's the last one I can think. Like the latest one I can think of where they can't pull that off today. What year was the Hank? Was that two thousand seven? I think seven, so. two thousand six, somewhere in that range. I-, I may have just been getting into college, so. I think we'd have to Google a list of raunchy comedies, and let's just not do that right it's now. It's like the last really good one. Like I was excited to go see it. Well, Superbad was after that. Was it really? I think so. I don't think so. I'd see, I see. I don't Superbad know. Superbad was like you... 2009. And it depends on. It kind of depends on how you feel about this is the end. I don't really care for that movie. I thought it was hysterical, personally. I don't think there's anything really bad in that. Jonah Hill gets anally raped by the devil. Right, but I don't think anyone's like. Besides a certain sect of people, I don't think it's offending the masses. I guess so, but I don't know that anything in this. I mean, super bad was two thousand seven. Yep, I sw- I switched them. Hangover two thousand nine. Right. Okay. So, well, well, then what? Is, what in this is so over the top offensive that it like would offend? Paging like, doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess it kind of hits the same one, but that actually. That moment when I watched it this time, I laughed out loud again. I was like, "Oh I my god!" Funny too, <laughs> I forgot that they did this. Certain people that love to be Just, annoyed about something. That's true. Everybody's got something to say. Yeah. I watched a new documentary that's on Netflix called "The Great Hack." Is it, it about computer hacking? It. Uh, it's about life hacking. Neither. Damn it. And kind of. So it is essentially about this data analysis company. That is essentially the reason, like, the proliferation of fake news that happened during the 2016 election, these are the people that, like, fueled it. So, they are the people that gathered, that that mined all the data from Facebook, that created the ads that got sent to specific people's feeds, that got them to, like, 
sway their vote towards our current administration. It, it's super interesting. Like it, you find out like weird facts. It seems subjective though, right? Like not really. So how can they prove it swayed their vote unless you polled every the, vote? Okay. So here we go. That's why you. That's one of the reasons that you need to watch the movie. So if you were on Facebook. And, okay, all three of us are friends on Facebook. We are. Yep. You fill out a survey. They now have all of your data points to give you, like, a data profile to try to, like, send you things. So, but here's the thing. They don't just get yours. They get yours and mine and Joe's. They could access your entire friends list because you filled out the survey. So they got data points on all of us, even though you were the only one that did Fair it. Fair enough, but how did they sway my vote? Because if you were in a certain... Based on the data points, they removed the two extremes. If you, they knew that you were a Republican, they didn't bother. If they knew you were Democrat, they didn't bother. There were these people in the middle that were either undecided or almost apathetic. And they the just... in the middle. Yeah. Probably. And they just pumped those people's news feeds... With all of this stuff. On top of that, Russia also paid this company to get that data, and like it goes into like the the Russian part of the Facebook stuff. So they created two you know, separate the Russian Facebook. They created two separate groups: one for Blue Lives Matter, one for Black Lives Matter, and fueled the fires and sent them to the same place to protest at the same time. All based on data that got mine from this one company couldn't that have the opposite effect though like if i was getting targeted by wouldn't out of spite you just be angry about it and say i'm not potentially i mean like, um, I'm sur- I, did they tell you like how many people were actually influenced by this yes how do they know that like i, I mean they, they're targeting people i get that it's very interesting how they're targeting people mm-hmm. but how do they know that was the deciding factor in like, did they ask them after exiting yeah, the polls that's my that's so why subjective. Th- perhaps but i mean at the same time it without watching the documentary like it's hard to explain okay. like there's there's a bunch of other mitigating factors that come into play like they like the company denied having all of this data. Like they they're like, oh no, we never worked with the Trump campaign. Yes, yes, they, yes, you did. Like the people that are testifying that used to work for you are saying that you did. Like it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, if you're interested at the if, even if you're just interested in the concept of data mining, it's a really really interesting watch. Sounds very fascinating. Yeah, it was crazy fascinating. And we found out that this um, this data analysis company that's doing all this spent upwards of a million dollars a day on Facebook advertisements. That's ridiculous. On, on sponsored stuff on Facebook. To put that into perspective, my wife's dance studio, she is like in charge of social media marketing. $200 uh, a month. A week. No, it's, it's actually, yeah, I think it's like $200 a month. Nailed it. Yeah, it's something crazy low like that. It and she gets a lot of reach for that two hundred dollars. So think about it in like terms of million. It's insane. So I mean, if you're interested in that stuff, it's called The Great Hack. It's on Netflix. It's it's worth the watch. And the last thing I watched was Pulp Fiction because fuck yes, Pulp Fiction. I've been on a Quentin Tarantino kick recently. Obviously, what yeah. for what reason? Because I'm still waiting to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you and me both. 
I, w- I was almost, almost in the theaters on Saturday, but it was a 3.05 showing, which means I wouldn't have gotten out of there until like 6.30, and I was like, I can't, I, I can't do that right now. I got other things I got to do. I also can't find like a spare four hours just lying around. Yeah, exactly. It's a nightmare. It'll be in theaters when you get back. Oh, yeah. It's going strong. That's a good thing. Good news. Just like Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw kicked the crap out of... Beat the Lion King, right? Beat the it beat Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time beat the Lion King. Oh, did it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even realize the Lion King was third. Okay, nice. What it'll, a crazy it'll, world it'll, we live in. in there for, like Aladdin's still playing around here. Yeah. So is Rocket Man too. Not Rocket Man also. Stuber got two weeks. God, I we just wanted up. to see Stuber. Yeah, we fucked up. Good boys. Next week. I'm pumped for good boys. <laughs> Peanut Butter Falcon's supposed to come out this week, but I can't find it anywhere. It may not be. It might be like a really limited release. It's and then New York, LA, it Chicago well. right now, but yeah. I don't know if it means all of New York. It, it's probably just the city. It's probably not Manhattan. us. Yeah. But that Joe is all I've been watching. Well then, that begs the question: sequel. What have you been watching? I have three movies. Okay. Two of which we've talked about before. Love it. Collateral. It's a great movie. Outstanding. Movie. I really want to see that movie again. Actually. You should. I should. It's very good. Time out. Collateral. Tom Cruise, Jimmy Fox. That's it. Yep, I'm He's back got in. Great yep. hair. I'm in. Great hair. Great. I, I love that suit. This. That gray suit. Yep. Perfect. Phenomenal. Great movie. And one of my, I guess my, uh, one of my favorite Tom Cruise performances as well. Uh, A few good men. That's like my go-to round the house movie. Like, uh, I got a queen. I'm gonna put a few good men on in the background, and just like randomly stop and gaze at it and admire it. <laughs> gaze at its awesomeness. But you can't handle the truth. That's right. Honey, you can't handle the truth. For the last time, we're not keeping all these Blu-ray cases. Oh, yes, we are. (laughs) We had a discussion about the uh, Infinity Saga box set. Oh, God. I'm getting it. I've I've already... (laughs) I I don't doubt it. There's supposed to be like eight hours of bonus content. It's ridiculous. I've already already said that that's what I I want for Christmas. Like, I don't care if I get nothing else. I don't know what's coming out. It's going to be so much money. Yeah, and I own all the movies. Yeah. A... <laughs> See, I don't. I, I don't think I own any of them, except for the the digital codes I've gotten from you. See right. if you can just buy, like, the disc that has the bonus stuff on but it. But the box looks awesome. Well, I can't argue. I can't <laughs> convince you otherwise in this, so I'm not going to try. You have, don't you have the uh, Captain America 3-pack? Oh, I did get the Captain America 3-pack. We three all do, pack. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. That's what I have. But that might be the only physical MCU movie I own. Okay. I, I, I own Iron Man. All three? And the Hulk. No, there's the first one. I think that's it. I found out that my flight to Ireland, a lot of the movies that are available for me to watch are MCU movies, which is fantastic for me because I've seen them all so many times that there's a good chance that I'll be able to fall asleep watching them, which would be great. You know what I want to see, but they don't exist, is the Tony Stark documentaries that was on the flight Peter took to Europe and Spider-Man... Uh, Far From Home. Oh, God, that would be so There's amazing. like three movies that are all Avengers related, but they're documentary stuff. <laughs> that would be so cool. Like Made of Iron, the Tony Stark story. I think that's one of the titles. If only they'd actually shot those. I mean, they could probably They could probably work. splice footage together with a narrator and just do it. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, is he available? He's always available. He's not in the MCU. I mean, it'll work. The Mighty Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> the last movie I watched... 
Alright, so I was perusing the interweb and I found, I was reading random top 10 lists and there was a, a movie critic named Owen Gleiberman. Sure, great, great name, love it. Yeah, I read his, I had his book on tape for one of the, the road trips I did about like his career. And he's a pretty off the wall guy and he kept raving about this movie called Chuck and Buck and he has it on his top 10 movies of the 2000s list. Never even heard of it. I know the other nine, and I've seen the other nine multiple times. And this movie is on there, so I'm like, oh, let me see if I can find it. And I found it. It is really weird. <laughs> it sounds it's like very good weird, or I don't know. Okay. But again, like when I walked out of the theater for No Country for Old Men, someone asked me if I liked it. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot to process. But Chuck and Buck is essentially. Two adults, they were friends as kids. Chuck's mom passes away, and Buck goes to visit Chuck, and they haven't seen each other for a really long time. Apparently, Chuck has never grown up, and he's like 27, still lives with mom, and still like eats candy all day long, and his room looks like a 10-year-old's room. And Buck's like moved on with his life. He's like a, an adult. He's an adult. He's a record executive. And I feel like I've seen a couple of movies with this premise. Yeah, for real. So apparently, you, man, kind of. they have a sexual history that oh. Buck has repressed, and Chuck has been pining for Buck all these years. So okay, this is this is a new twist. Yes. Yeah. Now Buck goes back to L.A. and Chuck kind of follows him there and tries to enter his life again and tries to disrupt his incoming his his, his upcoming marriage. So yeah, it's there's a lot going on. Shit, and yeah, interesting. A little, a little bizarre. A little bizarre. Joe, what have you been watching? I have watched. I'm gonna say like two and a half movies because I watched two movies and there's something I forgot to tell you guys I watched. I guess I'll do that first. Did I, I don't think I mentioned to you guys that I watched Spider Verse again, but I watched the alternate universe cut. Ooh, what what's is different that? about that? It has alternate ideas that they didn't end up using. Some of them aren't done, like they're rough sketches and like rough animations. So that was cool, but that movie is perfect the way it is, and I'm glad they didn't use the alternate stuff, because they gave him like a best friend at school, and he learns how to be Spider-Man by watching some poorly made Spider-Man movie with the actual Spider-Man in it. Glad that's not in there. <laughs> yeah, like it, it didn't need to be in there. But it's cool that they had that idea, and that's like something that you get to watch. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm probably never watching that version again, though. Cause, like, I've seen it, and like 15% of the movie is just rough sketches. It takes away from it a little bit. And they change some really cool stuff. But otherwise, that movie's excellent still. And the two new movies I watched, I watched Green Room. Green Room. It's a, I guess a thriller? Oh, I watched this. I watched this um, a couple months ago, right? Yeah. yeah, this sounds familiar. They go, the the band, it's a punk band, mm -hmm. they end up going in and... Um, and Anton Yelchin's in it, yep. Patrick Stewart Patrick Stewart's is in the it. building owner. Did you love it? I didn't love it. It was good for what it is. I'm I... not like a huge fan of the thriller genre, but... I thought that movie was great. I, I loved that movie. It's on my list, so we have something to talk about. It's on, yeah. uh, I think it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I watched it. Chicken. I rented it for 99 cents like an idiot and then found out it was on Netflix. I was like, oh. God! <laughs> At least it was only 99 cents and not a, yeah. a $4 drop. Oh, yeah, no. I'm definitely not renting that for $4. And the other movie I watched, it's on Hulu, for people who are interested. Sequel, you've already seen it. Uh, Three Identical Strangers. Ooh. Did oh. you know the twist? No. 
Not going in. Did it knock you on your butt? Not really. It didn't? No. I think you told us the twist, actually. Uh, I don't I think you might have told did. you, because you don't care about spoilers. I don't. It didn't? Not really. Oh, I was floored by that. <laughs> I was, like, a little surprised, but... Like, the first half of that documentary is really, really good. And then it just gets weird. It gets sad. Well, I expected sad. For reasons I'm not going to talk about. Well, one of its... The sad parts is kind of telegraphed. Well, yeah. <laughs> immediately. Yep. Within the first couple minutes of the movie. Yes. But otherwise, it's a good documentary. I don't have too much to, more to say about Three Identical Strangers, so unless you guys do, we're probably just going to wrap it up. It's not really a spoiler... More of this a statement. The fact that those records are sealed to 2065. It's ridiculous. What a, what a statute of limitations. I really want to know what's in there. <laughs> I really need to watch this movie. You do. Maybe I'll download it for the phone so I can watch it in the airport while I'm waiting for my plane to take off tomorrow. Perfect. There you go. It's on Hulu, you said? Hulu, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's hard because at this point I turn on Hulu and I've already got like three things... I've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine ready to go. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's there, Community's there, and then once a week, a new handmade sale is there. I'm like, shit. Although I'm almost done Community. And you got the two old people talking about heart surgery. Is that still an ad, or did they take that down? No, that has been, I haven't gotten that ad in a while. I have, yeah, I, I have not either. But what I have... I had to stay there. <laughs> we were snowed in together. Again. 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 I got... I, every time that one truck commercial comes on... I think of Eastbound and Down because they got the song in it. That's that's song is addicting. I haven't Hulued anything besides the Wonder Years in a while, so you haven't seen an ad in quite some time. That's nice, <laughs> good for you. But you can only watch the Wonder Years. That's fine. It's a great show. <laughs> it is, but variety. Anyway, it's a place of life. Do you want young Kevin Arnold or older Kevin Arnold? It's <laughs> pretty much my choices. Anyway, that's what we've been watching. Let's move on for the love of God. Corey needs to go. What's I'm just trying to scooch in, so I'm not pulling on the... Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure I am, too. You Don't worry, I'm stretching it to, like, its capacity right now. So you're it's fine. true. Let's do the movie facts, because that's what we do now, for Dick Tracy, which came out in 1990. It's rated PG, and it's one hour and 45 minutes long, directed by Warren Beatty. It stars Warren Beatty. Whoa. <laughs> also, Al Pacino, Madonna, Glenn Headley... Charlie Corsmo, and then a bunch of other people are in this movie, but too many for me to write. Of a, it's very star-studded, and most of the stars have really small parts. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Paul Servino. Big names. Other people. Dick Peter, Van Dyke. Peter Forsyth. Yep. The budget was $47 million. It ended up grossing $162 million. Uh, $103 million of that was domestic. The scores for the movie Rotten Tomatoes had it at 63%. That's just fresh. Certified nothing. It's just fresh. Yep, certified number. <laughs> it's a number. Uh, audience had it at 53%. IMDb, 6.1 out of 10. Metacritic couldn't find it on there, so I got nothing. Okay. Fine with it. Moving on. Now we're going to let you know what we thought of Dick Tracy without any spoilers, starting with sequel. What do you think? Intriguing. I've never seen it before. Or if I did, I saw it as a kid. When you were nine that weekend, you rented barbed wire. <laughs> and as it really wants to be Batman, I feel. Like, it has, like, a night Batman 89, like, tone to it. It was right after Batman 89. Um, 
I'm not in love with most of the acting, except for one performance, which we're going to get into. And... Oh, no. <laughs> I have a feeling it was the one I didn't like. Probably. I have an interesting take here. Um, the scenery and the set design, gorgeous, beautiful. I think it won an Academy Award for this, for that. I think it won three Academy Awards. One I don't agree with, but the... Uh... Best picture. No. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Makeup and hairstyle, I think it won. Maybe it was revolutionary, but I thought this movie looked too weird for me, man. It has a style. It certainly does. It sticks to it. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a movie. It's uh, I'm glad I saw it. Um, we'll we'll get into the nitty gritty. Corey, what did you like to add or subtract? I remember loving this movie as a kid, and it it definitely didn't hold up to my childhood love, which I don't think I expected. But this movie is super intriguing to me. Like, I can't tell if some of the things that I think I don't like are because they're bad or if it was just a choice that they made. Like, and then I can forgive it because it, it's trying, it is really trying hard to lean into, like, the Dick Tracy noir aspects of itself. So, like, if that's what it's trying to do, then I guess it, it did succeed. It just didn't hit for me on all the all the points. And... The set design, because Sequel already brought it up, so I'll, I'll touch on it too. It's it is gorgeous, but it's also a little disconcerting because you can tell that a lot of it's like fake. It's the point, which is the point. But it's like, as long as that's a choice, I think it's amazing. But if they were like thinking like, oh man, this looks so real, then <laughs> hold on a second. But yeah, it's um. I personally love love the makeup choices. I think it's hard to tell people apart sometimes because a lot of them have similar weird makeup on. But I like what they did in that aspect. I think this movie is fine. It it feels clunky at times. I don't really like the acting of any of many people in this. It's, but I think that's the style of the movie, I guess. They just swung big for it, and it doesn't really work for me. This movie is kind of like an exercise in exposition, because it just lets you know either what the movie's about to do or what the movie has just done. It kind of beats you over the head with it, which I'm not crazy about as a style, but it's not terrible. It's an alright movie. And from here on out, we're going to be spoiling Dick Tracy. If you haven't seen it yet... Oh, I had never seen it before, by the way. So I didn't realize Corey had... Many times. It was my favorite, one of my favorite movies for a while. Wow. I would watch this and Batman 89 on repeat just over and over and over again, day after day. Anyway, from here on out, spoilers for Dick Tracy. You haven't seen it yet? This is your chance to get out spoiler-free. Let's do the spoilers. Let's go. Specific thoughts. So, again, with the weird dichotomy of this movie, if it's... I, I feel like with a lot of this movie, if it was a choice... It worked really well if they thought that this was bril- like a, just a really good, like if they thought this was like brilliant, then not so much. Like the set design. If that was a choice, which apparently, seemingly it was, awesome. Was really stunning. But they knew that it wasn't supposed to look real. With oh. the acting, if, if they meant to try to make a 1920s noir, theat- like very theatrical performance, cool. Like, I, I, I think the performances are fine. If they weren't trying to do that, 
then the acting in this movie is just god awful. I'm gonna say both were intentional because that's Dick Tracy. Yeah, that's right? what I mean, right? Yeah. So the set design, so it won two Academy Awards: makeup and hairstyling, production des- des- design. It was nominated for one, two. Oh, it won three. Three, four. I don't have the. It third won one. best best music original song. Okay, it's not listed here. For that ridiculous song that Madonna sings about wanting more. Yeah, probably. That's unbelievable. Uh, so it has one, two. There's way three, too much singing in this movie, by the way. Way too much. Four yeah. more nominees, including one acting one. Joe, what performance do you hate? The one that was nominated for supporting <laughs> actor. Al Pacino overacting the shit out of this movie. I think that there were moments where Al Pacino sings in this movie. No. Yes. Yeah. When he's that's freaking out. That's my favorite out, part. When he, when he, <laughs> no, I, that's my least favorite part. I love that scene so much. Well, I, I was... Okay. Blue, uh, oh, my eyes were wide. I, my mouth was open. This was like amazing. I'm like, he's going all in on this scene. Which one are we talking about? When he's when critiquing he's... the song that Madonna's singing in the club. Yep, every... least, fa- least favorite that's, scene. That's least favorite least for favorite. me. Oh my god. That's like the spirit of the movie. I hate it. But my favorite bit of performance that Al Pacino does is when he slowly starts to freak out and overact as Dick Tracy keeps like, but, like doing his mob busts. I love that. I, like that point when he's like at like the the dinner table and he's like pounding the table about his generals and then flips it. I was like, that's really good. I mean, it is classic Pacino overacting, but it fits so well with the tone that they're going for in this movie that I'm like, that's awesome. It's the first I'm cool with it. instance in Pacino's career of the overacting, which is strange to me because I always thought that was Scent of a Woman because he won the Academy Award for Scent of a Woman and up to that point he was the greatest actor never to win the award he never didn't win it for Godfather Godfather Part 2 didn't win it for Serpico didn't win it for Dog Day Afternoon didn't win it for Scarface five classic movies then he took like seven years where he only made like two movies and this one I guess Dick Tracy considers comeback movie and he is all in over the top and he steals the show. It's uh, supposed to be over the top. It works. <laughs> but I don't like it. I'm going to propose a theory here. Sure. At some point during filming Dick Tracy, Al Pacino sustains a head injury. And that's why he's over the top and everything from here on out. <laughs> he doesn't remember how to go back to the lower gear. It's not a real theory. No. but I don't know. <laughs> Freaking out Al Pacino has like a couple of like like sensible women he's great in. Heat he's great in. Like I like freaking out Al Pacino. It works for me. He has two gears. But it's smaller doses. This movie is all that. Maybe that is Big Boy. I'm not familiar with the source. Neither am I. I know nothing of Dick Tracy outside of the movie I just watched. And that he's a detective. I knew that going in. He wears yellow. I knew that going in as well. Color scheme in this movie is like very, very vivid. <laughs> That's a good word for it. Very elaborate. And there's another word I'm thinking of. Intentional. There it is. Yeah, it's... Um, a lot of the scenes in this movie, it's, it, the color schemes are very obvious. Like, when he has... When Big Boy first gets everybody together to make one big family, you've got... Which is like Batman 89. Which is like Batman 89. You have Pacino sitting at the head of the table, or Big Boy sitting at the head of the table in red. You have one group of guys that are all in green. They're sitting every other. And then like a reddish-purple hue in between them. Representing the two different factions that are all fighting in 
squabbling over the little pieces of the city, and he's just consolidating. Christmas colors? Kind of. That's where they kill one of the gangsters, right? He doesn't want to go along. Yeah, he says... That's James Caan. James Caan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scott Caan's dad? I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe? The little kid, uh, kid, is... He's, the, like, he's my favorite the, part of the movie. He's, he's so good. good in this. He's very good. I I have my harsh grader when it comes to kid actors. I like them. Yeah, you 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 generally don't like kid actors. He's in a lot better of in this than he is in Hook. I've never seen Hook. He's a whiny bitch in Hook. He's definitely a whiny bitch in Hook. That's he's, fair. He's also in. But that's um, what the character called for. I don't think it's him. Eh. Well, <laughs> I don't love his character, and if anyone else is playing him, fine. Yeah. Character's a whiny bitch. Choose better roles, kid. He's also in uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Really? Yes. He is the nerd that wants to infiltrate the party, that drinks way too much. I haven't seen that movie in forever, so yeah, I don't I'm... remember that minor role. He's I, like... I remember Seth Green has goggles on. Yes. That's all I remember about Ken <laughs> I think he like starts the movie. It's like his plan to get back at the bully that's been tormenting him through high school by embarrassing him at this party. Then he gets drunk and befriends him. While his two, like geeky sidekicks are like on top of the roof waiting for his signal okay that's a little bit's coming <laughs> back to me Brecken Myers in that movie also that makes sense Seth Green is in it plot of this movie is like you said uh, a practice and exposition we don't really uh, something's gotta know... stick to big boy yeah one day and the, the, the one that got me the moment that I realized that this movie was not going to take any twists and turns was right around the time they do, I guess, the first montage after they implant the the bug in Big Boy's office. And they just keep going on mob bust after mob bust after mob bust. And every day the newspaper is throwing out, do they have enough to indict Big Boy? Dick Tracy gets another mob bust. I'm like, wow, the news is really, uh, really forward on this, guys. This is, uh, I feel like you should probably keep it debt low key. The lives are at stake here. DA refuses to indict Big Boy. Needs more evidence. It's like this movie has no point because it's got the plot of like a short film that they could have wrapped up in 15 minutes, but instead they were like, nah, hour 45. I really think they took like one or two comic strips that were in newspapers, like Dick Tracy comic strips in newspapers, and turned it into a full hour 45 minute movie. They make a choice in this that I really think is unnecessary. Okay. The character of the blank. I don't think that's important at all. It isn't. Who is the blank? I don't no even face. remember. The no face. Oh, yeah. They call they call and him that no face for a while. Stupid. Dumb. Well, it's you see it coming a mile away and it's I didn't even think about it. Really? I just assumed in this world there was a person with no face. And that's I the just, problem. Yeah, but if that was the case and they just introduced them late in the movie and that was that it would have been awful cuz you don't see the blank for like 3 quarters of the way in. No, nah, you see it in like act 2. What wouldn't you consider? Because because the piano player goes to yeah early on and the big boy refuses the offer to, to yeah right the after offer right after big Tracy. boy consolidates power the piano player who is like a guy in a, I want to say it's he's a guy I know. in the Goldbergs I think I think he's an actor in the Goldbergs I think he's the dad in the Goldbergs no he's not no he's definitely that's Jeff Garland just Jeff Garland yeah who the hell am I thinking I know he's in some sitcom of some kind. Uh, but he he meets him at the trolley warehouse, gets five thousand dollars in a letter to take to Big Boy, 
I thought that was later on, but okay. No, yeah, right. and then it ends up being the whole crux that like brings Tracy down because she's the one that can frame him, which is weird because why would you frame the person that you ultimately want to like run away and run the town? Like, it was. It doesn't a, make sense. It's a weird choice. It doesn't make sense. Are you I mean, to like, who he is? I mean, I know who he is. It's Mandy Patinkin. It is Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. That's the piano player. Get the fuck... Oh, my God. I, I only know him from the so show was, Dead Like Me that I saw, like, five so episodes So, Mandy Patinkin was in Criminal Minds. He is oh, yeah, Criminal in Minds. A Princess Bride. Who was he in A Princess Bride? Oh, uh, Indigo Montoya. Really? He killed my father. Prepared to wow, die. Wow, that's yeah, that guy? Yeah, that's huh. Mandy Patinkin. I keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. It's my favorite character in that movie. I didn't Andre even realize. Yeah, He's a great, the the best. great choice. Great choice also. Well, that's neither here nor there. I think a lot of what this movie exists to do is just have Madonna sing. Yeah, every time there's a montage, which there's a, a number There's a of. lot of montages and a lot of musical numbers, but it's kind of the same song over and over again, and I don't care. It's weird that this movie takes its sweet time in a bunch of places and then rushes through huge swaths of story points in a two-minute montage. I'm like, what... You're making interesting choices of how you're choosing, like what you're choosing to become important. Like that's, that was the one thing I noticed when I was like looking at it. They like take this, um, they meet Blank, uh, Big Boy, and like his generals meet Blank in the in the cemetery at one point. Why? Why? That that scene happens and ends, and I don't know that it further. Like I have no clue what they couldn't even tell you what they talked about at this point. Made nothing to me. Yet all of, we, we see zero actual busts other than random, like... It's just a montage, the montage of Dick Tracy of showing up, punching one person, and then... Uh, or, like, eight in one shot, like, fucking oh, yeah. bowling pins. Best punch in the movie. Loved that. Yeah, that's definitely the best punch in the movie. Agreed. What do you guys think of Warren Buffett as Dick Tracy? Because I don't like him. Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty, yes. Very different Warren. Warren Buffett made a movie called Bugsy that was came out around the same time as Dick Tracy. It's, Did he oh, really? Yes. Shit. Okay. Uh, he's fine. He I seems don't... too old for me. I don't know. Like, yeah, he seems like a super old season detective. Like he has to be an old season detective. Right, but like I don't think he's supposed to be. I think. No, I, I think, think Warren be... Beatty bought the rights to this and wanted to do it, and I'm going to play Dick Tracy, yeah. and I feel. Oh, yeah. I watch this movie. I'm like, man, I really wish you were Michael Keaton right now, because I think you'd be, I would be having a lot more fun. Imagine if Michael Keaton did Batman in '89 and then Dick Tracy in '90. Why not? People would have lost their minds. Would have been great. Yeah. And then what? Well, Batman Returns what? '91. '92. It takes one. So takes a one-year hiatus and comes back as Batman again. Makes the exact, think... almost the exact same movie except less good. <laughs> a year later. I think he would have made this better. Possibly. But there's, there's a ceiling to how much Michael Keaton could have made this better, and it's not enough of an uptick for me to care. Like, I don't think this movie was bad. It's just pointless. Here's a question. Was Dustin Hoffman a new actor in, in 90? This movie no, came out in 90? No, 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 not at all. So why does he have the smallest little side role in the entire film? Maybe that's what Same he wanted. Same thing with Maybe James somebody Conn asked him. and they... Look, I think the studio wanted Batman 89 type numbers, decided to get as many Big stars news. in this as they could. They all agreed to do it. The prosthetics are going to be fun for everybody. Mm. And yeah, Mumbles has a really small part. <laughs> I actually, I for having such a small part, I really love 
Dustin Hoffman's portrayal of Mumbles, though. Great. Yeah. I like the fact that he's like, I'm not worried about anything that you recorded with that water. You can't understand you me. Can't no understand one can understand Nobody me. can. And then he just slows it down. And like I was like, that's... His, like, look. Like, he, like his whole, like, body changes in that moment. I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's a great little bit of body acting there. Like, some, some points in this movie are awesome. And then there's some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Do you guys want to hear what I think is the dumbest thing that this movie yes, does? Absolutely. So, he... Um, they find out that... Oh, I'm sorry. Big Boy figures out that there's a guy in the ceiling... And it's not just a bug, like, listening device that they can just get. There's a guy living in the ceiling of Big Boy's office. Which is really stupid. Which is very, very dumb. They fake out, fake him out and say, hey, we got to go to the Southside Warehouse. Dick Tracy falls for it. That guy is now in, is about to take a bath, right? Is that what they call it? The bath. That's the bath, right? They create and fill it with concrete. Concrete, and then That's they drop the concrete in the water. Yep. So the guy is in the middle of taking a bath. When Dick Tracy shows up, the firefight starts. Dick Tracy does the cool, I'm going to hang my jacket up magically with my top hat here so well, they can see he it. He put it around like some stuff to stand it up. Yeah, no, I, I get that they yeah. did, but like he did that quickly. Sure. Nonetheless, they eventually turn around. Dick Tracy not only has opened the bath, gotten that guy out, but has chosen to stand directly under as if to continue to get concrete poured on him. For what reason? Other than to make his gun jam. He could have been just as effective opening it and standing in front of it and letting the concrete pour into nothing. Why did he need to get into the concrete? I don't think he got into where it was coming out. He's covered in concrete. Like, he, like, took the guy's space as if, like, I don't want them to see me here. I don't remember him being in the actual, like, box. He opens the door to the box and stands directly under the concrete because his entire body is covered in it and his gun is jammed with concrete. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Because in the next scene, there's, he yells, "Go get my suit clean!" Because it's covered in concrete. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. I just, I don't think he's stepped in. Uh, it doesn't matter. This literally doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess not. But it's kind of innocuous. I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't get over it. I was like, "Why?" I drew a line he... in the sand. <laughs> I drew a line in the sand when Dick Tracy chooses to cover himself in concrete to fool them that he, like, did a switcheroo. He really had to sell it. I guess. And then Blank comes in and shoots one of the guys. I also... She sure does. Yeah. The only... I I love the aesthetic of... Yeah. Well, that's where we are in this. I know. I love the aesthetics of the prosthetics in general, but I can't... The aesthetics of the prosthetics. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. But my only qualm with it was that a bunch of the people's faces all look too similar. Like, a whole bunch of them had, like, super wrinkly faces. Where, like, like, they look one, like mutants. Like, that's, yeah. That's the style. That's 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 how they drew them, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. Little Face? I wish we had gotten more Little Face. He dies way too so quick early. in this movie. Little Face was expensive. Little Face, flathead. I'm glad... Flat top. Flat, flat top. top. I'm glad the lips died. Because <laughs> him eating oysters is was gross. fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> Right around the time he hit, like, the 12th oyster in less uh, than two minutes, I was like, this is getting fucking ridiculous. Listen to him slurp him down. Yep. Ugh. Thanks, movie. And then, like, as soon as he got done one plate, the fucking... Another plate comes out. Like, two... Yeah. No wonder Madonna was disgusted and decided to sign up with Big Boy. What did she ever see in him? 
I don't think she's decided to sign up in Big Boy. Big Boy kind of like, I'm running this club and I get everything in the lips territory, including everyone who works for him. Yeah, that's really what it is. <laughs> I believe you said everything that lips owns, <laughs> implying that, you know, yes. 1990 was a time. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Well, he slaps her around a bunch in this movie, too. Yeah. Well, it's like 30s noir style. Yeah. It fits. It does. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're damn right. Oh, I don't like dames. Throwback. When do we eat? When do we eat? <laughs> when do we eat? That was five minutes. That was that was a lot. It was like five straight minutes of just montage of him eating, and as soon as he was done asking, "When do we eat?" That kid's stomach exploded. It had to have. Like I get what they're trying to go for. The kid was on the street. He didn't eat very often. He literally ate a sandwich out of the trash the first time we meet him. I get it. Tries to take that guy's chicken. That guy was ugly. Yep. Yeah, I don't like the prosthetics in this. I feel it takes away too much. But I get that's what they did because those are Dick Tracy's nemesis. It's like the next level because not everyone in this world looks weird. It's really easy to pinpoint who a bad guy is because they all have like these weird yeah. mutant-like features. It's like as if being a bad person just makes you develop de- deformities so people can spot you, or like it just wreaks havoc on your soul. I guess it's just a play on like gangster nicknames. It's like Mass Effect. Like there, it is, really is. There is a probably a gangster that lived called the Lips for whatever reason. Probably. Either pronounced Lips or he talked a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Little Face, which is a playoff of Baby Face. Yeah. Or, you know, Shoulders and... Like, I could... Yeah. I somebody could, named least, Shoulders? I don't doubt it. Uh, if Head and Shoulders were a bounty hunter team... Or not, <laughs> or a mobster team? Oh, man. That'd be great. Like Enforcers? We'd, uh... There's an old Looney Tunes... Step aside, Bonnie and Clyde. There's an old Looney Tunes cartoon we're called... We're gonna clean this guy up. Called <laughs> Duck Tracy. Yes! And it has, it was like, a, they stole Daffy Duck's piggy bank, and he had to get it back, and they're all Dick Tracy villains, like Neon Noodle and Pumpkin Puss, and they actually showed, like, a guy with a pumpkin head, Neon Noodle, is this a neon light sign, and it's really good. It's actually better than this movie. You should watch it. It's like <laughs> seven minutes long. It probably has more of a point. <laughs> it definitely does. Well, that's the thing. When you have something so short, you have to get to the point and in and out quick. He falls asleep reading a duck, or Dick Tracy comic and he just goes into that world he's just just a dream been there (laughs) who hasn't i wish my dreams were dictated by what i was reading or watching before i went to sleep i would have such cool dreams and such scary ones sometimes the last thing i watch is usually what i think about when i go to sleep i've been dreaming about the wonder years so much winnie cooper it's usually not the last thing i watch uh I mean, I guess we could continue on with the plot, or we could really get into favorite, least favorite. We mostly did it. I mean... Well, your least favorite's my favorite. <laughs> yep. Yeah, both of our least favorite is sequel's favorite. I totally I understand why it's your favorite. So much. I, it just It just threw me the fuck off. I was it's like, really what is annoying. It? And it's long. It, again, it's like they, they take all of this time to show this. You could have you could have shaved a you could have shaved a minute off of it. And he's not overacting. He's talking like mushmouth. Like I can only understand every other word he's saying. I can understand what he's saying. And he's, he's he's like singing. He's <sighs> along with it, and he's some of it. He's critiques. also mumbling and just smacking her ass. Why does he wait for the whole thing to be done to be like, 
this sucks, let's do it again. Instead of stopping. That's the joke. <laughs> I guess. I guess I don't, what's, what's the joke of it then? It shows how much, all right, so into his character, it shows that he wants to be in control of every aspect, right? Sure. So he's a control freak. It shows how unhinged he is. And it's he's going off the rails. It's, it's an over-the-top performance, but it's the thing that sticks out the most. And it, it fits with this character throughout the entire movie. I really loved it. Okay. Fair enough. Favorite scene. Okay. Didn't like it. You have but... an over-the-top character, and he's over-the-top. Consistent throughout. All right. Favorite scenes? That was mine. All right. What's your least favorite, then? You haven't got uh, favorite, My right? least favorite would probably be the obvious reveal of Madonna as the blank. Okay. Because it's unnecessary. You could have had Madonna helping in the background in a different capacity, but having introducing her as a different character is kind of pointless. Also, I don't like Dick Tracy's main love interest all that much. I honestly don't like the love story at all, period. The whole love triangle, I, I don't... I don't, I don't understand why Breathless Mahoney is in this movie, except for the thing they do. Like, she never testifies, her character never does anything... Like, literally, she doesn't need to be a character in this movie. She adds nothing to the plot. She doesn't, like, run to him like, I'm scared, and he has to, like, talk her down and, like, send her back and, like, no, you still need to be there because we need all the information that you can give us. She doesn't offer any information. She doesn't offer to testify. She comes in to be a sex pot for, like, in his office. He tries to seduce Dick Tracy for reasons, and then the one scene he does the classic protagonist blunder. Yep. I'm just going to let her kiss me. Nothing bad will happen from this. Like, Why? And then kids in the hallway here. And then she the does it again in. at the end. They kiss again. Why? I just. Who I don't is know. weird? Also, Dick Tracy has the worst proposal uh, in the history of proposals. It's really awkward. And then he just throws it the box. With yeah. A ring in it. I gotta get out of here. There's a. So uh, the you know, I'm a. I'm gonna guess view. that watch walkie talkie was a big Dick Tracy thing, because they really go to town on that thing. There's that no way I didn't have Probably, a Dick yeah. Tracy walkie-talkie watch toy. I am 100% sure. Did I you did. have a friend with another one? Nope. That's probably worth a lot of money. And it probably didn't function. It probably was one of those things where you press a button and hear, like... Oh, Dick Tracy probably said something, or the, the <laughs> or cop think, probably yeah. said something. I think that's actually what it was, honestly. Big boy's on the move. <laughs> but what's crazy... Southside warehouse. So I got, a, I got a smartwatch at some point recently, like, during the school year, and... My smartwatch has, like, voice-to-text technology, so I can read and respond to texts via my watch. So I found myself acting like Dick Tracer, where I, like, hit a button and, like, hold my watch up to my mouth and, like, talk as I was walking out of the building like Dick Tracy, and it was fucking awesome. Try doing that now. There will be a team tackling you. <laughs> of, like, a security guard. I'm going to do it in the airport. Oh, no, definitely don't do that in the airport, Corey. You know better than that. It's true. We raised you better than that. You did. It's fine. God. The toy from the 60s is worth like 200 bucks. The toy from the film is worth like 15 That yeah. sounds right. That's probably the toy from the film. And they came with two, so maybe you could talk to oh. each other. You probably only got like four feet of distance. Like, you could actually just hear the person anyways. <laughs> you couldn't even leave the same room. Uh, favorite scene for me... Sorry. Corey didn't like much of this movie. I There's just nothing in this movie that super, like, jumped out at me as, like, a really awesome scene. I guess the final chase scene up until we, under, like, we find out who Blank is, I think that's pretty good. Like, I mean, like, it's good. It's really the only good solid action we get in this is that final chase, that final fight when they're trying to escape the club. 
we finally get like all the cops shooting all the gangsters, people running down. Like I, that's that was fun. Okay. Al Pacino rolling down the tunnel. I didn't kidnap you, but I'm kidnapping you now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Police brutality. No, no, I don't think you know. You're just you're just saying words and quoting philosophers. Didn't he like admit that he loved? What's her face? Yeah, he did say that, which was weird. Why? Had well, they what? met before? I don't know. Came out of nowhere. He's really opportunistic. True. Joseph, do you have a favorite scene? I do have a favorite scene, and it's the kid saving Dick Tracy from the explosion. That's a great scene. That's cool. a great. That moment. is awesome. Yeah. Love it. The kid saves Dick Tracy a couple times. He saved him during the drive-by too, when she when he's dropping yeah, her off. Yeah, that's more of a passive thing. Like he actively got in. And save them from the building. Yeah, I actually so forgot about that. Up. It's 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 well done. It is. You know, Dick Tracy's not going to die. But it's still got good suspense. Die. It does. Yes, it's it's. I'm like that kid better get in there soon. He uses the glass that he breaks to cut the rope. That's clever too. I like that. Uses the baseball to break the glass. Yep. Everything connects. Everything is important except for Breathless Mahoney. I hate how he winds up in the orphanage though. That's, even though it's a small part of the movie, it's just yeah. I feel bad. But he doesn't at the end. No, yeah, he gets, he's gets adopted at the yeah. end. He, I, oh yeah, for that short bit of time he was in the yeah. orphanage. I really wanted to like feel it when he shows him the certificate. It says Dick Tracy Jr. But Warren Beatty does such a piss poor yes, job yeah. of selling that was, it. That was not good. I was just like, I feel nothing, and I'm really upset that I feel nothing right now. It should be the moment that you really feel something. It should too. be heartfelt. What's the girl? What's the love interest name? Do we remember? Tess. Tess. It's Tess. All right. The best bit of acting Warren Beatty does is, does in this is when the kid is acting up in the store because Tess is buying him a suit. And Warren Beatty's like, you don't have to wear the suit she picked. That's like a real yeah. moment for him, and that, yeah. that's that's all we get. When he like ch- when like she's he's running away again, yes. and he's like, and he's like, oh no no no, suit means school. I don't need no school. Schools yes. also mean orphanage. Well, that's the kid, but like one Warren, yeah, but Warren, and then Warren yes. Beatty's response is, pick whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was a good moment. So everybody did favorite least favorite, right? We yeah, sure did. All right, let's get to the part where we rate Dick Tracy. By giving him a number of Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. I think it's me. No, I think it's actually me because you started. Okay. It is you. Yeah. Corey, it's you. What do you got? Uh, um, <laughs> oof. Oof. This, this movie still holds a, a, a special nostalgia piece for when I was a little kid. So it, it is going to get a little bit of a bump. But I don't. I can't imagine I'm ever going to go back and watch this movie again. So I'm going to give it 3 stones knowing full well that one of those stones is probably a nostalgia stone. The old nostalgia stone. Siegel, what do you got? I'm right there with you at three stones because, as you said, it has a lack of rewatchability. I've seen it. I get it. I don't need to see it again. I really like the way the set looks in this movie, but I dislike the way the people look. <laughs> it's not appealing to me. It's too It's too much like the Garbage Pail Kids. It's, I don't know if you sell, sell that piece of crap. Nope. But, yeah. Don't. Um, Warren Beatty does not do a good job in it, and the Al Pacino performance isn't enough to carry it to rewatchability status for me. So couldn't agree more with that point. I'll give it three stones. Seems right. Joe, what do you got? This movie is fine. It's a clunky example of a movie. I don't think it's. I could think it could have been put together much better. But it's not, so it is what it is. It's a mediocre movie. It deserves a mediocre rating. I'm giving it three stones. Sweep it. 
We've been sweeping a lot of these recently, we haven't have. we? Last week we didn't. No, we did last week. Yeah, we did. Wait, no. No, I think we all gave it two. Yeah, we all we all gave it two. And the week before we didn't. <laughs> yes. We were we off almost by a half. did, yeah. 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 You went like a half stone lower than mm-hmm. the two of us. Yeah. At least we're consistent. Maybe people hate this. Maybe people want us to disagree more. What is no? <laughs> because we're at the social media part of the show. What is no your opinion on whether you like it more when we agree or disagree by sending an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. You can also find us on Twitter at zthpodcast. If you have a bright yellow trench coat and bright yellow hat, take a picture of yourself in it. Send that to us over on Instagram at zthpodcast. Raincoat doesn't count. No, it doesn't. If you want an agency to find out your Facebook information and influence your vote for the upcoming presidential election, find us on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Way to sell it. <laughs> Facebook.com slash DTH podcast. Search for us in Facebook. Zeros talking heroes. Zeros and heroes end in E-S. And go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show or your podcast app. However it works. Whatever works for you. If you want to leave a review, you'll get it read on an episode of the podcast. And first and foremost, or last and foremost, order is hard. <laughs> Let people know about the show and subscribe, and it'll just show up automatically for you. Are you thinking last but not least? I feel last. Yeah, but I think least so. Works better. Yeah. Yeah, it do- definitely does. Last and foremost is stupid. I understand. I admit when I'm wrong. And that's the social media. So. That's it for our Dick Tracy episode. Join us next time. We're going to be reviewing a movie because this was... Damn it, I keep forgetting to plug it in the beginning, but this was Listener Request Month episode number two. Next time, it's going to be Listener Request Month episode number three. We're just not sure which movie that's going to be yet. It'll be a surprise to everyone. Hopefully it gets chosen before we record it (laughs) next Friday. That would be really helpful. So thanks for joining us, and until next time, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there, someone's favorite movie, Dick Tracy, is someone's favorite movie, probably. Young Corys. Young Corys, indeed. And take care, everyone.